You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Where is the economy heading? Is it heading for an interest rate increase in December or is it going to have to wait and see? That's why we're so happy to welcome back Ken Goldstein. He's economist with the Conference Board to take a look at the Leading Economic Indicators Index put together by the Conference Board every month. Uh, it's been had a bit of a rocky road. It was up at 0.5 last month, down 0.2. If you look out and sort of average where it's going, it continues to uh, point towards growth. The question is how much, and the question, big question there, enough for the Fed. So, Ken, let's start with what we're seeing in the latest LEI for the month of August. Really, in a sense, no change from what we've been looking at uh, all through the spring, all through the summer, now into the fall. You've got a weak industrial sector. You've got some strength in services because of the consumer and housing. That really hasn't changed. So while the number fluctuates from one month to the next, there's no sign here either of acceleration of growth, but certainly no sign here of deceleration of growth anytime soon. Ken, uh, 27. I think you've been doing this for 27 years, correct? No. No? No. I thought since 89. Uh, Since 71. Even Oh, well, even better. Well done. Even better. Okay. All right. So in that context, as an economist, are there new tools? Are there new ways of looking at the economy that would be uh, just as relevant? Because you're not just an economist. You're also someone that understands and has his pulse on kind of what's happening in the, in the world. You have to be to stay uh, on top of things. What kinds of tools? Because you say, all right, you know, it's flat, a little more of the same, bad, and so on. But how can you uh, add some nuance to all of that? This is a great question because, again, if you split between the industrial core and we have really good metrics of the industrial core, and that's where you get the, you know, the boom and bust of the economy. Give us some examples of like, you know, what kind of great measurements in, in those kinds of businesses. You look you at industrial production. You look at orders, which is a leading indicator about where industrial production is going, and it's really been soft. Um, you look at, at business confidence. Are they confident enough to say, okay, go ahead, let's greenlight that project? You know, so we're looking at capital investment. We're looking at industrial production. We're looking at orders. And all of it tells us, not that it's falling apart, even though in the oil patch it's beginning to improve a little bit, but elsewhere there's really no change, not since the spring, maybe not since the winter. It's in the service sector that we keep saying, you know, we need new measures. We didn't have this back in 71 or earlier. But the service sectors don't have that boom and bust. If you look at it regionally, you want to pick up what's going on in the Midwest, what's going on in the South. You don't want to look here at the Northeast quarter, 
because it's a service economy. And as I just said, you don't get the boom and bust in it. So you want to look at sectors. You also want to look at regions. And all of that is telling us, you know, what we're getting here is relatively modest or moderate growth, whatever adjective you want to use. It's not soft, but it certainly isn't strong. And more important, there's no sign here of an acceleration. Well, Ken, is separate this, separate from that is the difference between some of these measures and jobs. Jobs are very good, much better than some of the rest of it. And so there's a little bit of a puzzle here. Which number do you follow, especially if you're the Fed? Look at jobs or look at some of the rest of this? In your view as somebody, again, who has watched the economy for many, many years, uh, is it your sense that whatever the economy needs to grow faster, whatever businesses need to actually start investing again, business investment has been so weak the past and few years. And not quarters. just in the U.S., that's a global story. Okay, so is this something that uh, is receptive to, fixable through, uh, can be affected by monetary policy? No. And so, so then in the, the point, so this, this is, okay, no, why? Then tell me why. Because I think there's an assumption, certainly among central bankers, that they can affect this by keeping stimulus pedal to the metal. You know, look, uh, it, what you need is demand. You need enough demand to push the product out. You need enough demand to get a price increase so you generate the funds to generate that investment. So even though the Fed and central banks have been very accommodative and remain so, and money is as cheap as possible, uh, but you're not seeing the investment because they don't see the growth and they don't see the 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 uh, price increase to be able to justify our rate of return on that new investment. And again, it's not new. It's not a U.S. story. You see that across the globe. In fact, in some sense, we're in better shape than a lot of the rest of the world. I want you to expand on that idea, if you can, because... As you noted, it is a changed uh, economy and a changed world, and sometimes we are too attuned and can convince ourselves that certain things are true. What are some of the misconceptions out there that you are seeing and that you hear documented but you raises a, a, a red well, flag one, with one Ken of, Goldstein at you know, the conference board? Yeah, one of the things we at the conference board have been preaching for forever, and it's more true now than it ever was, you have to innovate. Or as that great economist Bob Dylan once said, he who's not busy being born is busy dying. Where's the innovation? And where's the investment dollar backing up that innovation? But again, I mean, you know, if the demand isn't there, the price isn't there, where's the money? Where's the rate of return? That's the missing piece. And where's the confidence on the part of business to go ahead and bite the bullet and say, you know, let's try this. Let's see where it goes. Let's Are take we in a grown-up economy? We're in a mature economy. Um, and the question is, are you know, are we at the uh, late stage of maturity or the early stage? Okay. Well, the answer is both. Can fiscal spending make the difference? Can, can huge, government have, huge. Okay, so what kind of fiscal spending? Infrastructure. Says, and why you is that the, going to help somebody innovate a new technology? Because technology that's where the infrastructure is. That's where the railroads and the highways and you the tunnels and the bridges. You don't need for tech companies or services companies, No, but do you? you do need a grid that can handle all of that, okay. and we don't have that. You know, remember something. We had that blackout back in, what was it, 75 or something? Oh, yeah. They told us it would cost $50 billion to fix it, so that would never happen again. We've never invested a penny in that. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to have you with us. Ken Goldstein is economist for the conference board. Uh, well, we know it was down 0.2% in the month of August. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, my co-host Kathleen Hayes, and this is Bloomberg. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. 
Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.